Hello there and welcome back to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Uh, Trent's radio took a little bit of a break between the summer season and the fall and winter season. So Insight Peterborough did as well, but I'm very glad to be back with you. This show is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind otherwise known as the CCB, and if you'd like more information about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, we have uh, a packed show to begin the fall season with. Um, we should have been speaking with Kim Kilpatrick uh, in our feature, monthly feature get-together with Kim last Monday, but last Monday was Labor Day, so we didn't do that. So we will have a chat with her this time around, and uh, it's a long chat, but stay tuned because there is more to come after that. So. Um, here's our chat with Kim Kilpatrick in our feature called Get Together with Kim. So, hi Kim. How has your summer been? Well, it's been hot here. I think it's, it's, it's sort of been a long, long wave of heat the last couple of weeks. It sure has. Yeah. I always thought that August would usually is a little cooler, and especially the, the evenings, but not so much this no, it's been really hot, and we haven't had rain in a while. Um, yeah, so it, it's been it's been good, but it's been it's been hot. So yeah, nice to be inside when they with the cooler air conditioning on you or fans and things like that. But definitely, uh, yeah, it's been fine. I mean, we haven't had fires, so that's good, or, or floods, or any kind of thing like some parts of Canada are having. I know, that's for sure. Yeah. And we've got a lot to talk about, and so we have so much that we might make it a, a combination of things. Uh, right. yeah. we, we've got the uh, uh, accessible voting, and we've got back to school. So where would you like to start? Well, we should probably start with voting because it's coming up, you know, pretty soon. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think people are really puzzling about is the mail-in voting. So the election is on the 20th of September, the federal election, but there's mail-in voting this time. More people will probably take advantage of mail-in. And I thought, well, maybe that'll be good. But, um, I found out that the mail-in is not like the when you go to the poll and you know you get your template or your large print list or your braille list or you get a little magnified, you know, you get something with the names already on it. But yeah. with the mail-in, you would have to put the name on it yourself onto the ballot, like uh, print it. Oh, really? So, yeah. So that is not good for us. No. Those of us who are blind, no business. Because I asked them, could I get a template? And they said, well, it wouldn't matter because you 
have to write the name in. And you can't write the party in. You can't write, you know what I mean? You have to write the name. And so can I you said, type oh, it? Could, yeah, that's what I said. I said, could you type it and put a sticker, like, you know, an address label on? Yeah. And they said no, because then there's something on the ballot. What if the sticker came up? And what, you know, so oh, that option is not at all, what I can see is not at all accessible in terms of independent. No, that's for sure. So if you have low vision, I guess it is, like you can, you could write it in some way, like, you know, you could write it in with a pen or a pencil, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that would be okay, you could do that, but for those of us who don't have, or maybe if you had vision and then lost it and you still feel comfortable with your printing, yeah, you know, you could do that, um, but for those of us that are totally blind since birth or a long time, you know, you can't. There's no way that you could do the mail-in. And so someone had called me the other day and was telling me they had a long talk with Elections Canada and all that, and they said, Oh, you mean I have to be vulnerable and go to the polls and, you know, whatever, because that's really the only way you could vote independently. Yeah. Um, so I don't like that at all. I, I would have thought that it would be, how do I say, that it would be like the ballot you would get, you know what I mean, like the ballot yes. you would get. At the poll. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I could ask for a template and I could do it at home and I could send it in. Because they did say that the the envelope, so you get an envelope, you get a kit, I guess, and you get an envelope with a return address and all you have to do is, you know, stick it in the mail, send it back to them. Yeah. Well, that's accessible, but um, unless you wanted to, I mean, there's no other way. You have to get someone to help you. Yes. And I hate that. I, I don't Me like too. that. I, I've never done that yet, and I don't want to start. No. You know? So so this is just a, a blank ballot? I guess, yeah, just a blank one, and you put the name in. Isn't that so, strange? Yeah, that's not good. So, um... Well, that's one, one part of it. So I was trying to think if there would be any apps that would help you with this. Now, I suppose one thing would be if you, if you wrote on it, like if you felt comfortable that you could, you could print, you could then use one of the apps like Be My Eyes or Ira, you know, the video yeah. calls to ask someone, someone who doesn't know you, so it's not like you're telling your family how you wrote it or no. whatever. <laughs> um, for the name, what name did you put there? Yeah. That would be a possibility, I suppose. Yes. I can't think of other ways. Like, I can't really think, you know, of other no. ways that, that, that you could use apps to make sure that that you were doing it right. If yeah. It was that, if it was the home, home one, I guess. Right. So I'm not that thrilled with that. I think that's no. not a good, like, that's not a great system, right? Because you're asking then people to then go to the polls instead. Yeah. Um, and I'm still, I'm trying to find out from IRA people what they can do, like how far they can go to, whether they can assist you when you're inside the poll. But definitely... Um, when you go to the poll, make sure, if you do go to the poll, the advanced poll or the other poll, make sure
Like, I don't know about you, Damon, but sometimes I've gone, and sometimes people know everything. They're great. Yeah. They know about the template that we use. So the template is a piece of cardboard, I guess I'd say, with holes in it. And the ballot fits inside, and you count down the holes to the one you want, and you, you know, fill in the hole. Yes. And you can have um, you can have a Braille list of candidates. Uh, I had it the last two times federally, but some people say they didn't have it. No, I did not have it. You didn't have it. So I had to memorize to, uh, when they were listing off the candidates. I had to follow down the holes. Yeah. To find the one that I I wanted. Yeah, and that's the way I've had to do it like, for years, but. I guess you can also um, look them up at home before you go, and uh -huh. it will tell you, like, the order. But I always worry, like, what if someone, what if it wasn't right on the website? So I always get them to tell me, can you please read them if I don't have, you know, the bill list yeah. of candidates. And then you can fill in the X beside, and, and then you have to, you know, fold the ballot. And I always make sure when I go in, so when I go there, I would ask for the template and the Braille list of candidates if they have that. Or if you're low vision, you could ask for a large print list because they're supposed to have that. Yeah. And um, then I always ask them when they show me, and I always say, can you make sure the ballot is in correctly? Because, you know, it could get moved around yeah. between the time you walk from the thing to the, the table to the, the booth. Yes. And which way do I have to fold it? you know, when I'm done, so that they don't see it, Yeah, that kind of thing. But if you don't get what you want, if they say we don't have a template, because I've gone before where they said they didn't have a template, and, you know, you just have to ask for the returning officer or the, the person in charge of the poll, because they, they should know. If the person you get doesn't know, um, those people should know, and they should be able to find it. Yeah. Um, so make sure that you know what's available and that you ask for the things you need to, to vote. But I really wish the federal government would get on board with the voting machines because I use them municipally and provincially, and they're really, really good. I, I love know. them. You know, the accessible um, voting machines. I like Do you it. use them? Yes, I have. Yeah. Isn't it great? Oh, they are. I really like it. I, I really oh. feel like I've accomplished something when I when I can vote privately and independently. But don't you feel, like, even though we do all this with the template and we fill in the square where the, you know, where the hole is, where our candidate is. Yeah. I'm not, I'm never 100% sure I did it right and that I might not have spoiled my ballot or whatever. Yes. But with that voting machine, it told you who you voted for. Yeah. Like, once you, once you pressed on and it'll say vote for the okay and all that, and then... It says you have voted for, you know, you have headphones on, so it's very private. Yes. And then if you want to change your vote, you know, press something, yeah. whatever that is. And I just find that so good. Like, I just, I just love that. Me so too. I really wish they would do that federally. Yes. I wish they would. I do too. And it's not like people haven't been after them to do it. I know, like, the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians is forever after well, Elections is. Canada. All the blindness organizations have asked yeah. them for years. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, um, phone voting. So in the last provincial election in B.C., they had the option to vote by phone. 
Yeah. And people there say that it went really great. There were two people on the phone that you talked to. So, you know, they, they each saw who you voted for, or you know what I mean, they each knew. So yes. you had to give a bunch of information before you voted. So it was very safe, and you didn't have to leave your house. So I don't know why they didn't put something like that in. I know they keep saying it, that they have to change legislation to do these things, but I just can't understand why after every election they ask us and they say what great ideas, and then it never, it never happens. I know. I mean, they have at least two years, if it's a minority government, they have at least two years uh, probably after an election. So when they know what, they, what we want them to do, why don't they just get moving on it as well, soon as they And the other thing I think this time, so not just for us, not just for people's line no but you would think that when COVID was on, they would start to think about phone voting, say, for everybody. Yeah. Because there's a lot of vulnerable people who won't want to go to the poll, you know? Like, no. it's not just us. So it would have been a perfect time to have this happen. Um, but I don't know why. I, I I can't understand why this never, you know, this never happens yet. Yeah. And I guess that the polls are going to have a new pencil for every, every person, some kind of disposable pencil. So, yes. And there'll probably be a lot of plexiglass. But just to remind you, like the IDs you can use, it has to have your photo on it. It has to be some sort of provincial ID. So um, for us in Ontario, if you don't have the provincial ID that is I was called the non-driver's driver's license. Me too. <laughs> what it's actually called. Yeah. Um, uh, you should get that because it makes a huge difference in terms of it looks like that. Whereas before, you know, sometimes you try to use CNIB card or, you know, something else, and they don't know that and they don't understand that. Right. Um, I think we could use our guide dog, provincial guide dog ID, attorney yeah. general too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that has Braille on it, so it's easy to remember which one that yeah. is. So if you yeah. are a guide dog user and live in Ontario, you could use that. Yeah. Um, so you will need to show that to them and your voter card, which you know comes yes. in the mail. Yeah. Um, I guess you could use your health card, eh? Yeah, because it's provincial. I imagine yeah. it's good because it has your picture. It has to have your picture and your address, I think. Yes. So as long as as long as it has that, you could use that. So. I think most people would have something that they could use. Yeah. If you've moved or something, they say you can use two pieces. It would ha one of them would have to have um, your address on it, but it could be a bill and then like a student card or a, yeah. you know, something else. So they do want you to be able to vote, but I just find it. And so I was trying to think of what other apps um, we could use, but I couldn't come up with too much, you know, like it, mm -hmm. it's... It's not a thing where apps really help you in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, you could use navigational apps or systems to get to the yes. place, but, yeah. but once you're in there, I mean, there's not much you can do once the template is on the, on the thing. I guess after you vote, I wonder if you took it out and then scanned it, maybe it would show, but I don't know that it would show you because you're just marking in a, a check. That's right. Yeah. So, if anyone has ideas of how you could use technology to help, it would be interesting to hear that. But I just, I, after we 
agreed on this, I, I puzzled and puzzled and tried to think, are there any other ways I can think of, like creative ways to be used? Yes. To help, but I just can't think of any. So if anyone does think of any, it would be interesting to know yeah. what it might be, because I, I can't. I can't think of any. You can uh, email them to insightpeterborough at gmail.com, and I'll send them along to Kim. Absolutely, and and experiences and any kind of you know, experiences people have, or but it is it is sad that the mail in now the mail in has to be you have to request the mail in if you request the mail in your name is then gone from the voters list right because you've requested the mail in right okay and it, yeah and it does seem to be a bit of a cumbersome process where you have to upload some IDs to show them. And I don't know how accessible that process is, too. Yeah. So you want to be really sure you want to go for this if you do, you're not able to go to the poll on the day, which I understand because you can only vote once. Yeah, that's right. As soon as you've requested the kit, though, um, you're off the list. So be careful, um, <laughs> careful requesting it if you don't want to do it. Yeah. You can't really change your mind. No, you can't really change your mind once you've gone. Now, I, I guess technically you could call them and say, I didn't use it, and I, you know, maybe, but I think it would be hard. So you, Yeah, you might have a hard time convincing them of that. that and they, I know that there are people who don't mind their spouse or someone else helping them, and they really don't care whether people know and they do that in the polling booth. And for them, that might be a better option than mail-in because, you know, you'll be in your house and if you don't really care, you know, and they're yeah. going to write in, you trust they're going to write in what you say. Right. Um, and you trust, you know, all of that. Yes. And it might be a good way to go, but I yeah. personally, I don't like, I don't like that. I'd rather vote for myself than Me by myself. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that you can take your pen or pencil, I guess a pencil, not a pen, a pencil if you want to, because I never find that the point on the pencils that they have is sharp enough so that you can really feel that you've made your mark. I don't like Yeah, they pencils. aren't, they aren't, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I, they aren't very sharp, so do you usually bring your own? No, I don't. But I, but I might if I can find a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have one. And I think you do have to use a pencil as opposed to a pen, don't you? I think so. But if they're giving you disposable pencils, maybe they'll be sharper points because other people won't have used them. Though. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I sometimes go to the events poll partly because if I've decided who I'm going to vote for, I think because I find sometimes that the events poll workers really do know a lot, and they're good. Okay. Like, that's something I've found. Like, if I've decided, and if, if it's available on a, at a time and at a location near me where I feel like it's close and it's, it's convenient for me, yeah, I sometimes will do that because I somehow, I don't know, maybe the events poll workers, some of them are, like, really well-trained or they're Elections Canada people or they're already... I don't know, but I just I just found that sometimes way there um, I get really good service or something. Or yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe I would on the day too, but often I, if I know if I've decided, then I'll and it's it's convenient to me. I'll go to the event poll and just and I've had good luck with that. You know, I've had 
that's what that's but I don't know this year it'll be interesting to see what happens because I wonder if people will start to think, Oh, I'll go to the event well maybe it won't be as crowded and then it will be like crowded or really crowded or something like that. I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it'll be like in terms of accessibility, like um boxes on the floor or whatever they're gonna have. Yeah. I have not found a way of identifying where I'm supposed to stand. Like I can't feel with no. my feet. I don't feel with a cane. I can't have you found a way to kind of understand no. those socially distanced boxes or whatever you want to call those things? No, I haven't a clue. I no. can't feel the difference at all. I guess it's tape, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, our shoes, our soles are too thick, I think, to yeah. feel the yeah. tape. And I don't really think they did it uh, in a way that it would be beneficial for us as blind people, you know. I think they figure, well, the people have sight and they just, they can see the where the tape is. Maybe it's yellow or something like that, I don't well, know, but it could be, you know, fluorescent orange and I still wouldn't be able to no, see No, but it. I've actually heard some people with low vision that a lot of times it is not a good enough contest for them. Oh. Like contest a bit maybe but not not good enough for someone with low vision yeah. most, a lot of times like it's not ideal ah. um, I mean I guess it depends where it is but the other thing I find is the plexiglass um, oh, when the people are behind that I don't know if they're directly in front of me or if they're off to the side or there's someone I you know how when someone's in front of you at a table, you can tell that they're right in front of you? Yes. You're facing them, and you can tell, oh, I'm right in front of that person. Yeah. You can hand me the, the ballot in this case or whatever. Sure. I find I can't tell with plexiglass. Like, they could be in front of me, but I have to keep asking them, am I right in front of you? Because I don't know. No. Their voice kind of bounces off. It sure does. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, find that really difficult. I find yes. it... Um, I hope that I'm facing them and talking to them. And so if they reach to hand me something, I'm not, I can't know that. I, no. I don't know where to put my hand to find it, as opposed to, you're across the desk, you know, and there's no plexiglass. You can hear the rattle of something. Yeah. You can you, know, you can notice things, and, and you can put your hand out because you know they're right across from you, and you can probably take it. That's right. I find this, I find this um, stuff is hard. Yes. It's really complicated, much more complicated. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and it does something to the sound. Yeah. It blocks it or something. Yeah, or else it bounces it off or something. I haven't figured out quite what it does. Yeah. But it certainly makes it very difficult for you to orient yourself to them. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's going to be an election with a difference. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But and I'm not sure how we can get changes that we need because, as you said, all of the blindness organizations have, you know, forever been asking for certain things and somehow they've never happened. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to do except, I guess, keep, keep lobbying and maybe keep lobbying the MPs. I thought with the Accessible Canada Act, perhaps, yeah, there would be changes, but uh, so far, not so much. You know? No, 
And when you talk to Elections Canada people, like I'm registered for uh, an Elections Canada discussion, um, just because, but I feel that if I say something, if I ask whoever it is that I'm talking to, they're just going to say, oh, well, talk to your MP. Yeah. You know, they have somebody else to pass you on to, and and it never gets further than your MP. And I don't yeah. care what party it is. It never seems to get further than your MP. And I don't know why. It's kind of frustrating because I don't know why they don't sort of get that we're not able to vote totally independently with this system. Yeah. How would they feel if they, if they went in and they couldn't do that, right? But, yeah. But what would they think of that? Yeah, that's you right. Know? Um, yeah. So I, I don't know, and I guess they worry about online, like, frauds and all that, but, like, the U.S. has all kinds of voting machines, and different different countries have used them, and, of course, they use them here provincially and municipally, and there's no problems with that, so... No. I don't, I don't understand it, but... No. Anyway. So, shall we talk a little bit about um, apps and things that might be able to help... Uh, Folks uh, going back to school? Yeah, so going back to school, going back to work or starting a new thing, sometimes September, sometimes the fall is something um, where you're you're getting back to something. So there's different kinds of apps that could help you. If you're going back to school and you're needing to read a lot of things, there's the app Voice Dream Reader. I think we've talked about that mm-hmm. before. Um, because it can read daily books, but can read Bookshare books, but can read documents, Word documents, PDF, text, all these things. It is a paid app, um, and it's Voice Dream, D-R-E-A-M, Reader. So all one word, Voice Dream, Voice Dream Reader. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really worthwhile because it, it's very versatile and it's very accessible um, on iOS. So. It would be something, you know, really recommend people that are doing a lot of reading. And if you have a Braille display, you know, it, you can read with the Braille display with it, too. So it's, it's a really good it's a really good one. I would say that's one. And, of course, Easy Reader from, um, from Dolphin, which is a free uh, daily reader uh, that you can use. You love books and Bookshare books. That, that's another one that... That you can definitely try. So you look for Dolphin Easy Reader, easy as in the word easy okay. reader in the store. You'll find that. Yeah. Um, Would it be good to have both? Yeah, it's okay to have both. I mean, I mostly use Boystream because I bought it a long time ago. But Easy Reader is free, and you know, it's, it's it doesn't read as many document types, I would say. But if you're just starting up with thinking about using your phone. As a reader, it's a good place to start before you, you pay for something. Yeah. Um, but definitely there's those for, for reading things. Okay. I think for keeping track of schedule, remember your devices and your computer have calendars uh, that you can use and you can, you know, remind yourself of appointments and, <laughs> and assignments and all of that kind of, kind of uh, um, stuff. I've heard good things about Microsoft To Do, so it's an app, or, or a, and it, it, you can use it on both, I think, 
where you can make sort of to-do lists. I haven't really used that, okay. but it's free, and I have heard that it's really good. Okay. You have list making lists of things to do. You can you can do that, but you can also do that in your um, reminders app, which is native to your iPhone. It comes on it. You can set yourself reminders, and you can ask your voice assistant, whichever one you have, to set reminders or to set appointments to you. Remember that, so you can ask your um, Google One or your Alexa or, um, you know, your Apple, your Siri. You can ask them to, to, do, to make appointments for you, set reminders, and that's really powerful. You know, if you're going back into school and you have to remember this assignment is due or I'm trying to do this, or, you know, those are, those are important um, things to remember that you can ask any of your um, assistants do those things and you can you can also do them you know on your computer yeah um, can you do it on something that will will work whether it's your computer or your phone so that if you're away from if you're away from home um, or yeah if you're away from home uh, and you put something on your uh, say your Google Home Mini uh, that it would r remind you anyway? Yeah, if you have a, like if the Gmail, if the accounts are linked, so if you're using a Google Home and you're using a Gmail account, which you, which you have to for that, Yeah. and then you have that on your phone, like in your, in your mail account, you've turned your calendar on, that, that calendar on for that account, it'll sync it. Okay. So, so you, you can definitely, um, you can do that. Mm -hmm. um, remember about recording things. So you can use a Victor Stream or any kind of recorder to record classes or record little notes yourself. Or, or um, and you can use the apps on your phone. So you can you can get some apps. Uh, there's a nice one called Just Press Record for iOS, which is really good and easy to use. But definitely the one that's built in, which is called Voice Memos, mm -hmm. is also easy to use. You can you can just record something for yourself, um, and you, uh, like you said, you can do it on the stream too if you'd rather that kind of solution. Mm -hmm. uh, and those things are invaluable, right? When you, when you're out and about, and or I think you you're in a group, a music group. I mean, recording stuff for things like that if you're taking. Some sort of music lessons, or yes, I, I use the Victor Stream to do that. You use the stream to uh -huh. do that. Yeah, and I sit beside someone who is a good flute player, and I can hear that person. But in the background, I can hear the band, and I can hear where we're supposed to be resting, and when we're supposed to start playing again, and that sort of thing. Okay, so the, the teacher doesn't record it. No. Now, sometimes I've heard recently of some teachers, um, especially choir teachers, that are recording parts. Um, yes. And sending them to everybody, like as MP3s. You know what I mean? Instead of... Yeah. Uh, so that is definitely happening too. So any kind of app you have that plays that kind of... Um, kind of thing, or you can put them on your stream again, uh -huh. or you can use, you know, those, those are really 
good to have, you know, those kind of things that might happen that way. Um, sometimes, of course, Zoom is important now and some of the other online platforms and apps because there are people who are still going to be learning online. A lot of the um, post-secondary, some of them, are, I know in Ottawa here, um, Ottawa, U and Carlson, a lot of the classes are not going to be in person this fall, for uh -huh. sure. And maybe, you know, I don't know about the winter, but... Um, so some of those platforms are important, you know, the Zoom yes. and... And you can always record on Zoom. Yeah, you can, and, 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 and you can sort of take notes. The nice thing is you could take notes on your computer, you know, as you're listening, as opposed to, you know, when you're out in class, you don't have maybe everything set up the way you do at home, so, yeah. so it can be useful, and you could get the recording after and listen to it again. Um, and sometimes there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of videos, like sometimes they'll put them on YouTube or channels, so certainly, you know, you can you can use use those services to, to listen to things afterwards, too. Mm -hmm. um, so those are some some things. There's certainly lots. I mean, there's lots of ways you can take notes, um, both native apps and also ones you can get, like Word or um, there's one called Draft that some people like, and the native notes you know, app that's on your phone already or on your Victor stream, like making notes, recording yourself. Yeah. Um, what if you oh, wanted yeah. to write notes, like physically? What would you suggest um, either, uh, especially someone who is blind, uh, I know some of the braille displays are fairly noisy, the, the less expensive ones, I yeah, find. Yeah, they are a bit noisy. Like, uh, or... Um, there's Braille screen input, which I really love, um, on your phone. So that's built right into your phone. It's under accessibility and, and Braille. And you have to turn it on in your rotor setting. Now, when you turn your rotor to Braille screen input, um, you have to turn your phone sideways so that it's it's in uh, landscape mode. Oh yeah. And then you can braille on your on your screen like a like a person. You know, oh, you can just, okay. Yeah, and it's so good. It's so great. Um, you have to kind of calibrate your fingers first, like tell it where you're going to put your hands. But braille screen input is really really fast. You can go fast, and it's. Um, it's a nice option. That's good, yeah. If you don't have a Braille display. But also, for taking notes on a phone or for typing, you know, on a phone or iPad or... I think if you're a good typer, like if you've been blind for a long time or you, or even before you went blind, you're, you were a good typist. Yeah. Um, getting a Bluetooth keyboard is really good because it saves you a lot of time and energy trying to find that on-screen Yes. Keyboard. So definitely, it would be it's a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to type a lot and you know how to type, and if you're just losing vision and you don't know how to type, it's a really good skill to know. Yeah. I mean, you, you learned to type when you were young, right? Oh, like, oh yes, I did. I was in grade yeah. six. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I was like grade four or something. Yeah, it's so important that you need, you, you have to be able to communicate with the sighted world. Yeah, and I'm so glad we did, like then it was the typewriter, but I'm so yes. glad because now touch typing, like you're so much faster if you touch type, whether you're sighted or not, but also yeah. a lot of people didn't learn it in school and then it takes them longer, you know, as adults to sure learn does. it, so... It's, it's an important skill, so if you're sort of uh, going back and you've, to school and you've recently lost vision, it's a good skill to have to learn to type. Definitely. Um, yeah. Now, when you've, print, when you've written something, when you've made notes for yourself, um, of course you could play them when you get home on your, on your phone. Is there a way of printing them uh, either in uh, print or in Braille? I don't think there's a way of printing from Braille from a phone no. that I know of. I, I've never heard of being able to do that. I'm sure at some point they'll probably... Um, I guess if you had a Braille printer, you could share that um, like document and send it to yourself by email and then you know, print it from your computer, I guess, if you if you had that kind of... Yeah, printer. yeah. Printing, some printers will let you print wirelessly, and if that's the case, you, you would be able to print from your phone if your phone and your printer supports that. I think most newer printers probably do. Yes. So uh, under, um, under the share sheet, so the, the, the sheet that... Let's you share a document or an email or something when you open it and say share, share. Oh, yeah. There's usually print is one of the last things that's there. And if you double tap on that, you'll be able to see uh, whether you can add a printer. And if your printer's on and there, it would probably show up. Uh-huh. And then you'd be able to print it from, from your phone. Right. But so far, I haven't heard of being able to Braille. No. Like embossed directly from your phone. I haven't heard of that. I hadn't either. I, I just thought I'd okay. check that one out with you to see if it's possible. Not that I know, but no. it would be a good thing to have, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. If you could do it. Yes. Um, what would you suggest if a person could afford uh, a Braille display? Well... You know, braille displays are so personal to the person, and the tricky thing now with COVID is that we can't actually examine them before we we get them. No. Um, some companies will let you have a loaner, but then you know you have to send it back and um, shipping costs. It used to be where you you know you could if you lived in centers where you had you could go to these things, you could actually check them out, which is actually the best way I think because. Yes. Um, there's, there's new Braille displays from Humanware called the Brilliant. Uh, well, they always were called the Brilliant, the Humanware ones. But the new ones have the capacity to download Bookshare books directly onto them, oh. which is good, could be good for some people. And it has the basic note-taking capability, and you can download documents and PDFs and stuff onto that. So there just recently came out last, oh, I don't know, the last six 
months or something. Oh, yeah. So they, like the new line of brilliance. So they're quite popular with people. You know, like you said, they're expensive. So if you can afford it, the Orbit readers, um, now being sold in Canada, the 20 and the 40. And they are, um, they are really, they're good displays for sure. The Braille is very crisp and nice. Um, and they now have the capacity to translate. Um, I don't know which, all the file formats into Braille, but they, they are the ones that are noisy. Yes. Um, so, for example, for your radio show or something, you probably could use that if you were, you know, sitting recording because no. you could hear them all the time refreshing. So, depending on what you're doing with it and what environment, that could really work. And if that's the only one you can afford, I mean, that's the one, you know, you can afford. For yeah. Sure. Um, some programs subsidize, so ADP will subsidize a Braille display every five years. Okay. Um, and I don't know which ones they're covering right now, but they sometimes they're not really up to date, but sometimes they are, you know, you know, and so um, definitely they would cover that. Uh, if you're a Braille user, like if you, you know, you, you use Braille a lot, you could, you could get that. Um, and I, I guess other programs, I know Quebec has quite a good program for equipment, so they they would. But I don't know if very many other provinces do, so... No. Um, BC, maybe. Alberta has something called STEPS, and I'm not sure what that does exactly, but okay. it might do a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's an issue for sure, but it's nice that there is at least one lower cost, and, and I think other companies, you know, gradually I open, I think, the cost of, of Braille will come down. Yeah, I sure hope it's so. It's a really important thing to have if you're a Braille user, you know, like to be able to take notes in Braille in class or whatever, you know, that's very important, I think. I don't know where some people get the idea that Braille is obsolete. It's oh, crazy. No. I, I, I use it every day. I mean, I'm lucky like enough to have a display, and I just use it every day. I couldn't imagine not using no, it. No, no, that's for sure. No. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. That was a wide-ranging discussion. It was, yeah. <laughs> that's terrific, and it'll be beneficial to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So uh, thank you, and, and we'll talk to you again in... October. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Our next guest is Alec Denise, who once again is the local accessibility communications officer for Elections Canada. And uh, he's going to uh, talk to us about um, the uh, accessibility features in this uh, coming election on September 20th. So here's my chat with Alec. Well, hi, Alec, and welcome back to the program. Hi, nice to be back, Devin. Thank you. And what is your title? Uh, I'm working part-time just for the election for Elections Canada as a community relations officer uh, with a focus on accessibility. Okay. 
So that sounds good. Now you sent me a fact sheet and I'm going to go through it to um, just to make sure that uh, we cover all the information that uh, that people need to to know. Right. Now, did you know? I'm going to ask you this. Did you know that the voting by mail is not accessible for someone who is totally blind? Uh, no, I did not know that it was uh, not accessible for somebody that's totally blind. Yeah, uh, because it's not in Braille, uh, so you would have to get someone to read it to you and show you where to put your mark. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know, I know that at the, at the office there are Braille ballots and Braille candidate lists that are available uh, for people that can't see at all. Uh, but I did not know that, well, I was just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, could you not request a, a Braille ballot? That, well, um, probably not. No, because there are no Braille ballots. Uh, I was just speaking with uh, uh, CNIB uh, organized um, session with Elections Canada, and uh, they said that um, according to law, the ballots have to be a certain size and a, a certain dimension and in print. And so there are no Braille ballots as such, but there are lists of uh, Braille lists of candidates. Okay, well, that's not the information I have. We'll have to check on this, but I have information that clearly says in the Elections Canada website that Braille ballot ballots are available on voting day. Okay. Well, I would really appreciate it if you could check that out, because in all the years that I've been voting, there have never been any Braille ballots. I will certainly check that out for you because now I know that they only print the ballots at the last minute because uh, candidates uh, don't have to declare, like, you know, the, the people that are going to be on the ballot, right? Yeah. They have until, I think it's up till 19 days before the election, before they have to declare okay. that they're going to be running. So they won't print any ballots Prior to that, mm -hmm. a little while the so so that will be the first of September probably, eh? Yes. Yeah. That's usually why the Braille ballots are not available except on the actual day of the election, which is the twentieth. So they wouldn't be available prior to that, or much prior to that. But I will check on that for you for sure and get back to you so you can. You can check this out. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, I, I really appreciate that, and I know other Braille readers will as well, because I've never, in my over 50 years of voting, have I have I seen a Braille ballot. Hey. Okay. Um. So you can request uh, if if the the place where you are assigned to vote, so your voting poll is uh, not to your liking, you can request a, a transfer? Yes, you can trust as long as it's within the same electoral district. So you couldn't, for instance, go vote in a, in a different district where there's different candidates, right? Uh-huh. But there's, 
Yes, within the electoral district, which is Peterborough Cortha here. Uh, if for some reason it's not uh, accessible for you, then you can request a transfer to another poll that is more accessible for you. Oh, okay. All right. In spite of the fact that, that uh, they say that all polls are accessible, I guess some aren't. Well, it's, it, um, you know, I've, I've heard from a candidate um, that says, you know, the poll that she assigned, is assigned to has a stair lift. Ah. And she's not comfortable going up a stair lift. She's just not comfortable doing that. So, yes, she can, she can ask for a transfer to a different... Uh, a different polling station. So even though it is accessible, you know, for her uh, being sort of not comfortable with using a stair lift, yeah, she has that opportunity. Okay, all right. And uh, do you happen to know what the deadline is to request uh, an American Sign Language interpreter? I believe it's September the fourteenth. Okay. Uh, probably those who would want one can't hear this program, but hopefully others will pass along that information. Yes, and there's, um, for those that are hard of hearing, there is a, uh, a TTY as well, right? Okay. And that, that number is, I got that later on, I think it's 1-800-361-8935. All right, that's great. And uh, poll workers are trained to assist people with disabilities, right? Yes, so the poll, poll workers, especially the information officer, is trained, you know, the, the basic things on providing service for a person with disability. The first thing is, uh, how can I help you? Also, before they do anything else, they ask how they can help. And they are given a very uh, brief I guess, introduction to how to lead somebody that is blind, you know, by using their elbow or their arm to lead them uh, to, to the station that's where they'll be voting. Uh-huh. Are service and guide dogs uh, allowed to be there uh, in the voting uh, poll? Absolutely. And, and not only that, but if, you, uh, if you're not comfortable or if you want to have somebody assist you, a friend or a family member, then that person, by signing an affidavit, basically, or a declaration, basically stating that they're going to protect the secrecy of your vote, that person will be allowed to go, you know, into the voting screen with you to help you mark your ballot. Okay. Uh, now, there are apps and devices that uh, people use to get things done at home, for example. Uh, there's uh, Be My Eyes, where you can call. Uh, the other day, for example, I should have had it because I wanted to know which box was chicken burgers and which box was beef burgers. And uh, I had to wait till someone with sight came along because, unfortunately, I didn't have Be My Eyes, which is a, a volunteer app that allows you to get in touch with anyone around the world who might happen to be available at the time and uh, you take a picture on your phone and they tell you what it is or if you drop a pill they can tell you 
with a picture if they see it where it might be. Uh, it's um, uh, behind your left foot or uh, to the right of your right foot, that sort of stuff. And there's also uh, a paid service called IRA uh, that um, will do that for you as well. Do you know if you can take either of those into the uh, voting booth with you or what other apps you can uh, or devices you can take? I know that uh, generally you're not allowed to use your phone. Uh, a regular person not allowed to use their phone or mobile device at, a, at the polling station. But I know that for visually impaired, that they are allowed to use uh, devices on their phone or computer that help them in the voting process. So I know there's an exception for that, but I'm not sure specifically about these apps. Um, I just know that you're allowed to take your device in, so I can find out for sure for you. So what were the apps called again? One was called the voluntary one. Yeah. It's called Be My Eyes. Be My Eyes, okay. So they might not allow us to, to take, uh, to use that app because it's, I mean, you know, it could be someone, uh, say, in Estonia or whatever, and they can't uh, take the oath of uh, secrecy. Uh, but the, the paid service is called IRA, A-I-R-A, and they are very well trained and they do take um, an oath of, of secrecy, whatever, so you can ask them to do whatever and they can't, uh, without consequence, reveal any information that you might that they might find out they can't reveal that to anybody else. Okay, I will check on both of those apps for you. Uh, but I know that any other app that you have that uh, you know allows you to take a picture of something and it reads it out for you. Yeah. Those are those are definitely allowed for visually impaired. Okay. Now, is there anything else that uh, you might want to go over? Um. Well, I think, I think in general, you know, Elections Canada is really committed to creating a, a barrier-free election system so that every single person that's Canadian citizen, 18 years of age, and is registered, is able to, uh, to vote. So that's why they're putting all these things in place. And they're constantly working, you know, to improve that as well. So some of the things that you've brought up today, I'm sure they'll be very happy in at the next election, we might see some of those things incorporated as well. Gosh, I sure hope so. <laughs> it's been a, a long time coming. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Alec, for uh, speaking with us. And uh, this will air on the 13th. I, if I can, I'll make it for the 6th. But uh, for sure, it'll air on the 13th. Uh, so... Any information, any extra information you uh, get uh, and transfer to me, then I'll pass that along as uh, part of a, like a supplement to our chat. I will certainly do that. I will get back to you probably by tomorrow. Okay, thanks a lot, Alec. Really appreciate this. You're welcome, Devin. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Just as an addendum 
to that, Alec did contact everybody to say that the ballot itself is indeed not in Braille, but the list of candidates in your writing is in Braille, so you can request that. And uh, I think I'm going to contact our returning office prior to September 20th and uh, just make sure that that is here because uh, there are at least two people in this building that I live in um, that can make use of that. And uh, you can mail in your ballot if you want to, but it only comes in print, not in, in Braille. So that um, finishes that up. Um, and whatever you do, whoever you vote for, please vote. It's important. We only have our say once every four years uh, at the most. As it turns out now, it's like two and a half. But we don't have our say every day. So um, do take advantage of it. Uh, how you vote is your business. But... Um, I'm here to ask you to please vote, um, and uh, we'll leave it at that. I did want to mention a yard sale that's going to take place on Saturday the 18th. I would have liked to have had an interview to share with you, but it turns out that I'm not going to. The money, the proceeds from this yard sale, are going to be divided between the Lions Foundation of Canada Dog Guide Training Center in Oakville and uh, Leader Dogs for the Blind in Rochester Hills, Michigan. These are two projects that the Lions uh, sponsor and so um, the East Peterborough Lions are, are going to be having this yard sale out at 1285 Hiawatha Line. That's 1285 Hiawatha Line. And uh, it's going to start at uh, 8 o'clock on the morning of Saturday, September 18th. And uh, there'll be lots of stuff out there. So if you want to take a, a Saturday drive as opposed to a Sunday drive, then uh, by all means come on out and uh, see what's available. And that's going to do it for this week. I hope that you'll join me on September 20th. We won't be talking elections because people will be uh, casting their votes that day if they haven't already done it with the mail-in ballot or in the advanced polls. Uh, but we'll have some interesting uh, conversations for you as usual. Until then, have yourself a wonderful week. Bye for now.